Well, hello there, weary traveler. Welcome to the inn. Sit, sit, rest your feet. Why, it's a long journey on the road to Tarvalon. Have a cup of tea. Or maybe a frothy ale. The light. Why, you're just in time for the entertainment. Here are your hosts, Tracy and Amber. Did you see all our lively Discord action from yesterday night? No. What did I miss? No. <laughs> all kinds of stuff. <laughs> Josh was making smoked macaroni and cheese what? with bacon. How do you yeah, make we smoked macaroni and cheese? How do you In a smoker. Shut up. He put it in a smoker. I may need to go visit him and have him make me that. <laughs> that sounds amazing. He's like, he's like, look at this cheese. And then, you know, like could see like the liquid cheese and I'm just like dude I'm laying in bed and now I'm awake and looking salivating at and that sounds so yeah. good I made a we were talking oh no go ahead oh go ahead no. <laughs> we were talking about the new like set pictures from yesterday mm, I haven't I was looked like, oh well I was like oh my god Bran with his longbow and then it was like three notifications that's not a longbow that's not a longbow that's not a longbow <laughs> It's a Shinaran bow. And I'm like, okay. oh, shit, you're right. <laughs> As I look at it. Uh, no, I yesterday was just really, like, it was a super busy day. I didn't get to make the maple apple blondies that I wanted to because we decided to Ooh. build a fire pit instead. Um, but I did make a white chicken chili, and it was hilarious because our friends Mike and Lisa came over last night. And apparently Mike was grumbling the whole way over about how much he hates white chicken chili. And he was like, it's just soupy and watery and it's just not good. And then like he walks. It's into- like maybe you haven't had a good one uh, yet. Exactly. <laughs> and so he like walked into the kitchen last night. And he was like, oh, man. And I was like, did you? Come on. It's me. I mean, have a little faith. And like we I found one that's like a that was a creamy white chicken chili. So it had mm. uh, like a full thick. yeah, it had like a full block of it's cream cheese in it and then a cup yes. of heavy whipping cream. It was amazing. Like all of us were like sitting around like trying not to lick our bowls clean. It was so good. Amazing, but not for people who are lactose intolerant. <laughs> well, and Aiden <laughs> is. Oh shit. <laughs> So he was like, Mom, I love how much you cook, but could you, like, take it a little easy on the dairy? And I was like, I love you. No, that's a dumb question. (laughs) It's like Simon will go over to his mom's and he's like, I just can't. I can't. I'm sorry. She's like, you want ice cream? You want to eat ice cream with us? And he's like, no. No. That will wreck my stomach. Yeah. Yeah. I I love the food integration. That's fun. I also liked the, the castle for creators. Is that what it was? The crea- the, creator's the creator's castle, castle. I think. I love that. Yeah, idea. that was Rob's. That was Melchior Rob's. We'll just all meet contribution. We'll just all meet in the UK. That's kind of sort of No, yeah. it's it's not even close to midway for I mean, especially people who people on the on like the far west coast. The yeah. Like but um they could always vacation. I mean, <laughs> you have your wing. We have a vacation wing. 
<laughs> There's a central exactly. kitchen or two. Like, I don't know. Yeah, we all just need to make money off of this and then have a um, co-op, like a creator's castle Joint co-op. Joint force creator's castle. Love this idea. <laughs> so much food. That'd be awesome. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the kitchen would always have something happening in it. That'd be awesome. Oh, for sure. Mm-hmm. I love that our idea. Our neighbors would, pr- our neighbors would either hate us or love. They us. would love us because we would just keep bringing them food. We'd be like, here. It would be. They would be like, what's with all the food and bearded men? <laughs> <laughs> it's our own personal cult, the bearded men and mm-hmm. food cult. Mm-hmm. Must must be one or able to make the other. Oh. Yeah, yeah. In various ways. How funny. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it works both ways. I know, right? That can mean so many things. It's perfect. As is so much oh, about what shit. this is. What's wrong? Oh, nothing. I just lost my place. I do that all the time. Guess we're at the very top here. Okay. Uh-huh. Should I start us out? Are we ready and raring to go? I think so. I mean, I don't know about the raring part, but... Yeah, me neither. (laughs) It's still fairly early. I mean, it's almost 11, so I guess it's not that early, but... I'm just blaming daylight savings time. Mm. It it gets me all messed up. Mm -hmm. That happens at Mm. a different time of year for you than it does in the States, though, doesn't it? Because we've, we've had our switch. Obviously, if you guys... Oh, yours is already switched? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm trying to remember when we it Because we went happened. off of it. Yeah, we were off of it, and now we're back on it. Interesting. I don't know. I don't completely understand it, which makes me feel dumb. Yeah. But that's okay. I have a bachelor's degree and don't understand how daylight savings works. <laughs> They just need to get rid of it. My God, what's the point? Well, that's just that it's that's something I've heard too. Is that the it was originally suggested for farming? Like that's the original. Yeah, right. Reason. If you want to wake up when the sun gets up, that's great. But like, you don't want to come home from work and it already look like it's midnight outside, and then you're just depressed like these people that live in the arctics where they don't see any sun all day mm-hmm. like you get up sit in an office all day and the you know come home and it's dark out yep not cool no i don't i don't miss that like i don't from like a normal job i don't miss that up early into work while it's dark and then leaving while it's dark again too yeah like you just don't yeah and i don't even really like sunlight and that still bothers me <laughs> yeah right I'm, I feel yeah. I'm more of a, a vampire-natured person when it comes to sunlight. You're the car baby. Oh my god! Which baby reminds Jakar. me, I have a I have a photo that I need to send you that I took the other day. Arthur has Please these do. little plush animals, and one of them looks like what I would think a baby Jakar look would look like. Baby Jakar season. I'm just gonna send that to you. But we can get started too, because we probably should. Okay. Okay, I'll wait for you to send. Yeah. And then I'll start us off. It's really, it's really funny. <laughs> there you go. Baby Jakar. I don't know what it's supposed to be, but. <laughs> oh, it's really cute. Right? What if, what if baby Jakar's kind of looked like that? I feel it. Yeah. 
it's fun. So that's adorable. Yeah. I'm just looking at the tier reading room that I'm in for it's the Weaves of the Wheel community. They just have like a chat room type deal. And someone just posted, I didn't realize how upset some people could get with the size of a man's bow. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just thinking like, I had that exact same thing happen. No, nobody got upset, though. They were just like, that's not a long bow. I'm like, okay. I mean, they're clearly right. It's not, but. This community takes shit like that real serious, Amber. And now you know. (laughs) And now you know. Uh, yeah, I had just, I mean, I had just seen the pictures and I was like, oh my God, land with his long, long bow. And that's the best way to get interactions online <laughs> is if you say the wrong thing. So if you want to start a that. conversation, just be like, oh, yeah, just be like, I love that Nynaeve joined the blue Aja and would be like, <laughs> Heads explode. What? How could you, you get that so wrong? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or spell something incorrectly. A name. Mm-hmm. That's so funny. What a good idea. The next comment. People are obsessed with size. <laughs> That's exactly what Josh just wrote on our Discord. He was like, size matters. <laughs> Oh, hell. Okay, let's start. Okay, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> Baby Jakar, longbows. Not longbows. Hello. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. Hello, and welcome back to a recap of New Spring. I'm here with my best friend and baby Jakar, Tracy. <laughs> I'm here with my friend, Amber. <laughs> And this is The Road to Tarvalin, a Wheel of Time podcast recapping the books, uncovering fan theories, discussing the upcoming show on Amazon Prime, and unpacking the many intricacies of this incredible series. And today we are continuing our recap of New Spring chapters 17 and 18. We will be using the normal format, so it will be spoiler-free for the first half, and after our um, ad, it will be full of spoilers and our theories. We also uh, have a couple of fun messages from our listeners, Shelby and Khan. Uh, thanks so much for leaving us messages, guys. We we mentioned how much we love them, and we really do. So thank you for doing that. But you'll want to stick around to the end as long as we're not going to spoil or ruin anything for you because we really want to avoid doing that. So with that, with that, We are starting off on chapter 17, which is an arrival. Mm -hmm. And so I'm assuming this is about, um, it says in the books, like a month later, Moraine is starting to realize that the whole chasing prophecy thing (laughs) is a lot more frustrating (laughs) and boring and a lot less adventure than she had initially thought. Yep. And she, her skin is still tight from swearing on the oath rods, and she has saddle sores. Poor Moraine. Poor Moraine. Um, she's going by the name Lady Alice or Allies. Mm-hmm. I'm not 100% sure how to pronounce that, but Mm-mm. yeah. Allies? Alice? Yeah. I don't know. In my head, I always say Alice because that just makes sense to me, but 
It sounds, yeah, just because it sounds like a normal name that I'm familiar with. Mm -hmm. But she's having tea in a house of mourning with a woman named Jareen Najima. Mm -hmm. And um, this Jareen woman has lost three of her sons and her husband in a barn barn fire. And Moraine is trying to soothe her. And as she's trying to soothe her, she's kind of internally wincing because her response is very cliche. And she's thinking to herself, you know, God, I just, you know, like I sound ridiculous and this doesn't feel heartfelt. And she just wants to get on with her search Mm -hmm. and she's not really feeling it from this woman. Well, and and she also also says that she like, how is this woman going to take anything that she Maureen says seriously because she's so young and she looks young and so like almost as though she's anticipating not necessarily pushback but like just this reaction to it where mm-hmm. it's not sincere or how could you feel what this yeah. kind of pain is when you've barely been alive yeah. for right yeah so I thought right poor, poor Maureen is in that I want gray hairs in an ageless face category yeah. as well Poor girl. Mm-hmm. But it's actually working to her advantage right now because she's posing as a noble woman. She doesn't want anyone to know she's an Aes Sedai. And she's pretending that she's mourning for the king. Mm-hmm. And this is where her whole, you know, look and personality and her, um, I guess, her disguise is. And she's kind of, her thoughts are kind of wandering and she's starting to think about Karien and what's going on there because there's currently four houses that are laying claim to the Sun Throne. Yeah. And there's not been an all-out war just yet, but there have been skirmishes. Mm-hmm. And she's just kind of thinking, you know, had the White Tower been successful on pushing her towards the Sun Throne, she would have been responsible for all of these deaths. Yeah. And... As she's thinking about this, Mistress Najima is continuing on with her story and her little girls are starting to cry and Moraine offers her money, but this woman is too proud to take any. Mm-hmm. God damn it. <laughs> are you okay? I feel like it flew up my nose. <laughs> why is it why do they come right to my face? <coughs> They're attracted to your your bright glowing beauty. <sighs> my breath <laughs> if I was drinking wine or something I would think so yeah. um so Moraine is offering her money but she's too proud to take any and it's probably a good thing because Moraine is strapped for cash mm-hmm. she's been a little bit too generous as she's been going on these adventures looking for the dragon reborn and shelling out way too much money mm-hmm. to these women <laughs> And um, it gets back to Mistress Najima's son. Um, She's thinking there's no way that this boy could have been who she's looking for because he was born too far from Dragonmount. Mm -hmm. So Moraine is taking her leave. And she starts heading towards the inn that she is staying at. And it says in her notebook in her pocket is full of crossed out names and she's no longer feeling very optimistic. Yeah. And it might be years before she can return and be safe in Tarvalin. Mm-hmm. So she's definitely 
definitely worried about what will happen when she goes back, what the um what her punishments will be mm-hmm. and what will happen. Generally, she's not thinking, you know, it's going to be anything good. Mm-mm. And as she's walking, the streets are packed and there's people everywhere and she's dodging around wagons and carts and then this creepy lewd man approaches her (laughs) and I love this for Moraine she channels to make the wind like open her cloak (laughs) so that her dress reveals all of the slashes so that this man recognizes her as a noble woman Mm -hmm. and then he kind of just scurries away like I'm just like, yes, Moraine, get him. <laughs> <laughs> but this is also something, too, that when I was reading, I was thinking, like, that's pretty brash of her because if there are Aes Sedai near her, they would, they would, f- they would feel, feel her channeling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this also makes me feel like, okay, she's still got a lot of learning to do. Yeah. She's being a little bit too la-di-da about everything. <laughs> Yeah. And yeah, so once she gets back to the inn, um, it makes note that there are lots of Aes Sedai within Canloom, mm-hmm. five of which are staying in the same inn as Moraine. Mm-hmm. Fortunately, she hasn't been recognized yet. Um, and they just assume that she's a wilder. Mm-hmm. So it all worked out pretty well for her. Yep. And she's thinking, God, I would have rather stayed in a hayloft, but there's no other rooms in the city, which we have learned from our last chapter with Lan and Bukama. Yeah. And as she passes the common room, she makes her way towards the stairs, and she is shocked to see two new Aes Sedai that she actually knows. And it's Lorella Tarsi, who's a gray. Yeah. <laughs> Tracy's holding her hands up to her face. <laughs> And she taught Moraine as a novice. Mm-hmm. And then the other Aes Sedai that is there is the former mistress of novices, Marine Redhill. Yep. Um, and Moraine tells herself that they have no right to interfere with what she's doing in Canloom. And it's going to take some tricky maneuvering to figure out a way how to work herself out of the situation without word spreading back to the White Tower. Mm-hmm. And... Just as things could have gotten really bad, one of the original five Aes Sedai, it's Felana Bevane, Be- mm-hmm. who's a brown. Mm-hmm. She tells Laurel and Marine that Moraine is a wilder, but she refuses to be taken to the tower to learn. <laughs> and La- I love this. I love this. Lorella and Marine know exactly who Moraine is, and they are totally amused by the situation that Moraine has, you know, played her played herself off in this disguise and the other eyes that I don't recognize her. Mm-hmm. So they kind of just like go along with it and they tell Falana like, oh, just leave her be, you know. And just as Falana starts to make a reply, someone enters the room behind Moraine and everyone freezes. And I'll read the quote from the book. So, this girl does not want to be a novice, said a woman's voice from the stairs, a voice Moraine had heard only once, two years ago, and would never forget. 
A number of women a number of women were stronger than she, but only one could be as much stronger as this one. Unwillingly she looked over her shoulder. Nearly black eyes studied her from beneath a bun of iron gray hair decorated with golden ornaments, stars and birds, crescent moons and fish. Cadswain too wore her shawl fringed in green. In my opinion, girl, she said dryly, you could profit from ten years in white. <laughs> Yay! Cadswain is here. Yes. Fuck yes. <laughs> I love Cadswain. Yes. She's I, I feel like you either love her or hate her. I don't know. Um she she just brings so much to the story, I feel like. But anyways. She's got some like um, she's She's terrifying. She's a bit of a bully. And mm-hmm. she's strong. Like. So strong. Yeah. And she's just. And I I feel like if she was a male character, people would love her mm-hmm. and just be like, yeah, she's such a badass. Yep. But I think maybe that she's kind of the snarky old woman. People are like, oh, God, she's annoying. Mm-hmm. She she has her moments. She has her moments. <laughs> Personally love her. And I love that they um, describe her with an implacable stare. Mm-hmm. And that Amerlins would step wisely around Cadsway. Yep. And she tells Laurel and Marine. Marine to just, she's like, bring the girl. So this is where I'm like, uh oh. No kidding, right? <laughs> yeah. And. What's interesting is Cadswain wasn't back in the tower since before the Aiel War, mm-hmm. so Moraine knows she isn't a part of this whole conspiracy, what's going on in the tower. Mm-hmm. Um, but Moraine sits, and Cadswain is like, stand. <laughs> 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 and... Moraine thinks that there's something of Suwan in this woman, uh-huh. which I think is really interesting. And she says that Cadswain had been born to command, yep. where Suwan was born to lead. I liked that and line Cad as well. Swain, yeah, yeah. And Cadswain is not fooled by Moraine in the least. Mm-mm. She directly asks why she's here without her shawl and without her ring. And Moraine pretends to be on the hunt for a borderland warder, mm-hmm. which was a pretty great, like, on-the-fly lie. Mm-hmm. But since she said it, that means that she has to actually want that, right? Well, she kind of places, like, if I remember correctly, it's almost it's almost a hypothetical. make it a question? Because she says, yeah, she yeah. made her voice light. New sisters also seek a warder. I have not bound... I have not bonded mine yet. I am told Borderlanders make fine warders. So nothing in that okay, is untrue. So. And it's like, she's very good at this. She, she, she's working her way around this, yeah, mm-hmm. I said I speak yeah. very well. And I, I almost feel like she, I'm sure she, her, well, her and Moraine had talked about bonding warders mm-hmm. earlier on. So we know that she you know, there's potential for that to happen. And we know what kind of happens in this book. Mm-hmm. So obviously. Yeah. Catswain starts to interrogate the other two sisters about Moraine. And they kind of give Catswain the backstory 
on Moraine, how she's very lively and a bit of a troublemaker. Her and Swan were attached at the hip and they're pillow friends. And every time they got in trouble, they were never without the other. Yeah. And Cadswain tells her that she can't leave and she demands that Moraine pour wine for her. And Moraine is just like pissed. Yeah. She gets called a a little doll again, mm-hmm. and it's just very. <laughs> you can tell she's. I don't know if Catswain is actually trying to piss her off. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's her, you know, prerogative. But I, I think that's I don't just know if she is. It might be though. She, I mean, I feel like she's so direct mm-hmm. when that it's always taking. Making everyone else kind of taken aback mm-hmm. by her directness. Yeah. But that's just something that she's always like no matter what. So we don't know if it's, you know, like, I don't know. I'm sure you know some older person that's just <laughs> kind of grouchy and oh, no, wait. very direct. I am that older person. Who's- <laughs> <laughs> it reminds me of this old man who lives on my street. Constantly walking around the parking lot, <laughs> and if I walk out with a cigarette, he'll be like, "Yeah, you, you know, those are bad for your health." And I'm like, "Yeah, I know." And then he Thanks. just is like, "Well, it's your body or something," and I'm like, "Okay, you." But then again, like he always smiles and waves, so so he's nice <laughs> just, and full of like advice. A, or something. yeah, it's just like an age thing. When you get to a certain age, you can just say whatever the hell you, you want, I guess. You give far less fucks the older you get. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. And that's Cad. And she is old. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, um, Mar- Marian, I keep saying her name wrong. What is it? I always say Marian. Is it Marian? Okay. I have no idea. Marian? Marian? Mar- I don't know. Well, she notices Cadswain is very interested in Moraine, and she asks, has someone foretold Moraine, has someone foretold that Moraine will be Omerlin one day, mm-hmm. or something to that matter, and Cadswain says, who knows how much longer she'll live, and all of the sisters are shocked, mm-hmm. and Cadswain is, is talking about herself, and she's making the statement Basically, I don't know how much longer I'll live, right. and there aren't any more strong sisters in the tower. Mm-hmm. There's a handful. There's one that's kind of close to her, but as soon as she's gone, then there's a giant gap. Yeah. Yeah. And she it's- wants to keep an eye on Moraine because she is so strong in the power, and Cad Swain makes the comment that we dwindle. Mm-hmm. So she seems to be concerned in the same way that Moraine is with the fact that the numbers in the tower are slowly in decline Mm -hmm. and it seems to be that there's just not very many strong channelers these days. Mm -hmm. And I believe her. I mean, I, I think that she's wise enough to be very serious about this Mm -hmm. circumstance for sure because it is a problem it's very problematic so she says that um 
this girl, you know, has strong potential and the tower can't afford to lose her, mm-hmm. talking about Moraine. And Cad Swain wants to keep her safe, especially because of how dangerous things are right now and what's going on in the outside world. Yeah. And Lorella and Mar- Marian, Marian are to keep a watch on Moraine. And Moraine is pissed. She compares Cad Swain to an avalanche, which <laughs> she kind of is. Yep. And... Um, Moraine says I agree to nothing and Cad Swain swiftly puts her in her place and tells her that she has a lot more to learn and that she lacks caution mm-hmm. she tells Moraine that she needs to do as she says and she will be back to make sure that Moraine is in her bed mm-hmm. and Moraine is kind of left standing there wondering how much Cad Swain knows about the search and just kind of the coincidence of all of these Aes Sedai meeting up where she's at, what's going on. Yeah, there's a lot to, um, there's a lot going on right now. Mm-hmm. So but that's where the chapter ends up. Yeah, and Moraine is really not happy at the, at the end of, like her no. mind is like thrown into turmoil because all of her plans have been ripped up and like, Cad Swain called her a pretty little doll, which we know, like... <laughs> Already pisses her yeah. off. Yeah. <laughs> like, she's like, why are you calling me a doll? I mean, that sounds yeah. a little whiny, and I'm stamping my foot for Moraine. But maybe that's how she feels on the inside, too. I don't know. But, like, that's definitely... She is not happy. I like how... I like how Cad Swain left her standing holding the pitcher of wine yeah. and just like walks out and Moraine is holding the glass and just like chugs it. Like, <laughs> God damn it. it. <laughs> this woman. Yep. Don't blame her. Yeah. That feels like, no. I feel like this is one of the things that we hear a lot where like someone, I, I think maybe it's, I don't want to spoil something, but being picked up by like the scruff of the neck and shook around. Like, I feel like that's how mm-hmm. Moraine feels after this whole Cad Swain thing. Yeah. And Marie yeah. and Laurel are not happy that they're going to be like kind of sort of baby, babysitting yeah. Moraine now, too. Because Cad Swain shows up, she's the strongest. So there's the deference issue. Mm-hmm. So everyone has to basically do as she says. So Cad Swain showing up has put everyone in a foul mood. Yep. Yeah. And so then we start chapter 18, a narrow passage. And as we said, Rain's pissy. She is not happy that this is the way uh, that things have gone. And she, like, the la- at the end of the last chapter, she had grabbed her, her cloak and she was heading out of the private dining room and she's getting ready to, like, walk through the common room. And as she does... She's thinking, man, I really wish Swan was here. I miss her. She is so skilled at figuring out puzzles, and I could lean on her. And she happens to look up at the door where a woman peeks her head into the common room, (laughs) and Moraine misses a step. And in the book, she says, wish for something hard enough, and you could think you saw it. But no, it really is Swan! Yay. I was not expecting this. I was not expecting this. I didn't think we would see Swan uh-uh. until maybe the end of the books if we saw her at all. Exactly. I was like, well, Adventures with Maureen and Swan are done. That was fun. Like, yeah. But to have Swan show up uh, this early again, like, 
it really mm-hmm. only has been a matter of months. So where am I? Uh, Two. Yeah. And oh, three. <laughs> three. Uh, so Swan recognizes Moraine and, like, she nods up the street ind- indicating that Moraine should follow her. Obviously, Swan does not want to come into the extremely crowded common room, and Moraine follows Swan until they reach an alley that seems to give, like, a more remote place for the two of Mm -hmm. them to be able to sit down and talk and catch up. Catch up? Like, this is, like, this is going to be fun. Mm -hmm. But as Moraine is following Swan, she's worrying, like, what in the world could have made Swan leave the tower? There's a very... Yeah, what drove her? Yeah, because... I mean, what were the chances that the head of the Blues Eyes and Ears, who has taken Swan under her wing, was going to let Swan leave this soon after kind of claiming her? So Maureen is like, what is happening? And once the two of them are together in this alleyway, Maureen was shocked to see that her friend was truly afraid. And in the book, yeah, Swan's like trembling yeah. almost. She says, Nothing frightened Swan, yet fear glittered in those sharp blue eyes. So Swan is shook. And my baby Swan. <laughs> she's got. This hurts me. She's got good reason. Poor girl. So Swan demands that Moraine tell her that the boy has been found and that he can be turned over to the tower with 100 sitters watching him. And of course, Moraine has not found him. And. She tells, Moraine tells Swan, there's been no luck locating the boy as of yet. And this news leaves Swan weeping, which is totally yeah. unexpected. Like, that's just not in Swan's you know, character at all. You know all. something is really bad. If Swan is weeping. Like, not yeah. crying, weeping. So, this also really bothers Moraine because... As she has said several times, Swan has the heart of a lion. And so she's now Mm -hmm. even more upset and still has no idea what's going on. Swan, crying and trembling, throws her arms around Moraine and tells her that the news she had is just too dire to trust anyone with it. Like, she... Had to bring it herself. Yeah, like, she didn't... In person. Yep, she didn't feel comfortable trusting in eyes eyes and ears or even sending, like, a pigeon with the possibility that it would be intercepted by the wrong person. Uh, Mm -hmm. So the news that she brings is that all of the searchers that have been sent out to look for the Dragon Reborn are dead. Dude. They are all dead. What did we say when we were leading up to this that we okay we obviously knew this is a black aja plot right Mm -hmm. i mean this was our first thought but we also speculated is this are they trying to make it so that the numbers in the tower are smaller Mm -hmm. or are they trying to take out anyone that knows about the foretelling Mm -hmm. is it both Mm -hmm. and i've I'm kind of getting this feeling that it could be a little bit of both. I think it's a little bit of both. Yeah. Because because I have some thoughts about Caswain. We can get into it later, but yeah, there's this is just Yep. Whew, well and heavy. Swan tells Maureen like Maureen tries to comfort Swan by saying that accidents happen because the way that the deaths have come across, like one of 
the sisters fell off of a ship during a storm, which, okay. Um, And then another one was attacked by bandits. Um, And so Maureen is like, this could be coincidence, but she also mentally has makes a note her father used to say that once was happenstance twice might be coincidence but thrice or more indicated the actions of your enemies but then thinking Mm -hmm. about who those enemies could be and that how they would be aware of what things were happening and who was being sent out brings moraine to an idea that she quickly likes stomps on she's like nope not going in that direction not gonna not thinking about it so um, Swan pushes Moraine away, explaining that the death of Mylin, um, was the one, like, that's the one that has her really shook up. And so mm-hmm. she had heard about Mylin coming back to the tower. She's one of the searchers. And mm-hmm. she wanted to know, and this was after finding out that the other searchers were dead. And so Swan wants to know what Mylin thinks, but she has to be sneaky about it. And so she goes to Mylin's room and she hides under her bed and waits for Mylin to come to her quarters. But in doing so, she falls asleep under the bed and it's sunrise <laughs> that wakes her. And Mylin has not slept in her bed. So Swan mm-hmm. sneaks back out and she goes down and she's having breakfast. And as she's down there, um, one of the sister comes in. It's Chesmal Emery. Uh, comes into the dining room and announces that Mylin had been found in her bed, having died in the night. And I wrote in our notes, fish guts! Fish guts! (laughs) So, I mean, this means that Chesmal is Black Aja confirmed, right? Since she just lied? Oh my god, good point. Or she's repeating something that someone told her who was Black Aja. True, true, true. So I don't know if that confirms her as being Black Aja or not, but we can talk about that later. Okay. it's in our notes. (laughs) Okay. So this really shakes up Moraine. She she starts thinking about how murder has been done in the tower. And she thinks for a bit, like Moraine thinks for a little bit and suggests that perhaps it was the red Aja behind the murder but she can't even bring herself to say that out loud because she doesn't believe that even the red who would potentially be trying to Mm -hmm. stop bringing in a man who could who would potentially or who would be able to channel in the future that that might drive them to murder a fellow sister so swan is like don't be silly and starts, like, hammering Maureen with the facts of the situation. A sister dead without a mark on her and delved to check for poison, but there was none used, means the use of the power. And Tamara, who supposedly died in her sleep as well, although it was far more likely that whoever wanted to know the secrets she was trying to keep... Oh. (laughs) I'm like, does what I wrote make any sense there? Um, (laughs) So even though it's supposed that... Tamar had died in her sleep, there's a very real possibility that she did not and that she had been tortured and died and either died through the process of being tortured or was murdered in order to find out what the foretelling that was rumored about mm-hmm. had been, who the searchers were, and like just what the plan was in general. Um, and so because Tamara would have been the only one who knew exactly like who's being sent out, who knows, 
Yep. And she never considered Moraine and Swan as part of the search. So Moraine and Swan were never, and we kind of talked about this in earlier episodes about how, whether she realized or not, Tamara had created super secret searchers who no one would Mm -hmm. know about. Because, I mean, they are the one who are sent to these individual Aes Sedai to, like, tell them that Amarillin wants to talk talk to them and they're going to know what it's about. Right, with the added benefit that they had not yet been risen to the shawl, so if asked point blank about it, they could lie. Yeah, she could say those are... So no one suspects... Yeah, no one suspects that the two of them know anything. Yep. So I, I like how it's kind of like layers within layers and there's yes. secret searchers and no one knows about yes. them. But hammering home these facts, there's really only one conclusion, and that is there is a black Aja. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> and I mean, of course, we're not surprised by this because we hunt for black Aja everywhere because um, they are everywhere. But... Mm-hmm. So all of these women are dead. Swan's shook up. Before leaving the tower, she goes and slips a, a note under uh, Siren's. Is that how you say her name? She's the current. Yeah. She's the current. Yeah, maybe. Uh, I think so. I, I like that. She's the current. Amarillan. There's just so many S's. <laughs> so many. Siren, Swan. That's all I've got. There's more. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the hippopotamus. My rhymes are bottomless. And I'll stop. <laughs> Sorry. Fly of the Concords. Love that show. So she's the current Amerlin. Swan actually wrote in her left hand so that she could disguise her handwriting so no one would recognize it in the event that somehow Siren isn't the person who receives this message, which is totally likely. Or in case she can't trust Siren. Exactly. Because at this point, who do you trust? And for Moraine and right? Swan... They know it's just the two of them that they can trust now. Like, everyone becomes suspect to them. So, Moray remembers all that, like, after all of this stuff comes out, Moraine's like, oh, yeah, this weird shit just happened at the, the inn that I'm staying at. Cad Swain is here. I know we all thought she's dead, but she's not. And she's Surprise. here at an inn and is, like, demanded that I stay here and travel. And so, we need to make a plan. And so, they make mm-hmm. a plan that involves... Moraine or Swan leaving to go ahead to Chachin and that Moraine will meet up with her. So Moraine comes back to the inn and uh, she finds out that. Oh, so first off, because there are things that I want to say about this, too. Uh, But later, later, because it's kind of spoilerish. I hope I remember that I want to talk about this later. Anyway, as Moraine's heading back towards the inn, there is a man who's coming out of the inn, Mm. and she sees a woman's shawl-covered arm, but it's dark enough that she can't see the fringe, kind of waving the man away through through the, the doorway. And that's all she catches. But now she's, like, in Black Aja mind frame, so she's like, who mm-hmm. was that? Was the guy leaving a dark friend? Because he could have been. Like, she's all kinds of freaked out. Um, but as she's coming back into the common room, the innkeeper is like, hey, by the way, it's super crowded. More Aes Sedai showed up. So now you're sharing your room and your bed with this other person. You're going to have to deal with it. And this is another moment where Moraine is like, if I were, I, if I, God like, damn it. If I had an angel's face, you would never make me do this. Um, yeah. But she, of course, keeps her mouth shut because she's incognito mode. 
Um, so Moraine spends. Well, doesn't the inn think? Doesn't the innkeeper think that she's being taken off to the tower as a to novice. be enrolled? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Which is so funny because she's already done that. Been there, done that, done. Yeah. Moved on. Um, so Moraine spends a miserable night having been forced to share her room in her bed, and she stays there until Cad Swain checks in on her in the morning. And then right as soon as she's, like, she hears Cad Swain's footsteps, like, going in the other direction, she pops up, she gets dressed, she takes as little stuff as she possibly can with her, because she knows if she grabs her saddlebags, it's, like, a dead giveaway that yeah, she's, she's, she's leaving. And so she just grabs what she can, and off she goes. So chapter 18 ends up with Moraine hitting the road towards Chachin and Swan. And who knows what they're going to get up to in the meantime. She's such a little escape artist. I love it. it. She's like, you think you've got me cornered? No, you don't. Leaving. (laughs) Leaving, bitches. Because she's like, I don't. And I mean, that's just it. It's it's really similar to what Lan goes through earlier, where he's like, yeah, he could have his purse stolen, but it wouldn't be a big deal because he could just go get more money. Mm -hmm. And she has kind of the same thought where she's like, she doesn't have to take all of her stuff with her because she was super smart and has these letters of rights already in her pocket. So all she has to do is take a couple pieces of paper and boom, more money. Which, man, Mm -hmm. I want letters of rights. Whatever those are, please someone write them for me. I could use them. I'll just go to my bank. (laughs) This is my letter of right. This is my letter of right. To what? To To money. (laughs) Duh. (laughs) What else did you think I would want coming into a bank? (laughs) I should we go ahead should we go ahead and take our break? Yes. And then Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. I love break time. Okay. Gonna keep everything going. I will call you in just a moment. Okay, perfect. I'm wearing my headphones the wrong way. I always have to check my. There you go. That's better. Yeah, it's I. Oh. I have the you and Rob have matching (laughs) headphones. That was so funny. It was so. It was like my cord is just so long, and I was thinking, yeah, my cord is pretty long too. Didn't you like push back on your chair like almost all the way back to the wall? Yeah, like that. And there's still more. That's so funny. Okay, where are we at here? Discussion topics for Ah, chapter chapter 17. 17. Mm -hmm. So the first glaring thing that jumped out at me after chapter 17 was this parallel between Lan and Moraine and their integrity. How she's so reluctant, how she was so reluctant to give in to the Sun Throne plot because mm-hmm. of the chance of people being killed because of it. Yeah. And that was pretty parallel to Lan's one man suicide mission into the blight. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Like he's very reluctant to do anything that would potentially put other people in danger and i mean is there really anything much more dangerous than going into the blight and fighting against it yeah you know i I completely understand his hesitation in wanting to do that yeah and moraine like taking 
Egwene under her wing as soon as they leave Emmons Field and she's starting to kind of teach her about how to use the the one power mm-hmm. and Lan taking the boys under his wing and teaching them, you know, like anyone, anything can be a weapon, you know, the mm-hmm. slingshot can be a weapon, Your these bows you carry around can be a weapon. And I just, I like that. And it's kind mm-hmm. of, it's kind of nice that we get to see this before they've even met yet, that they do have parts, have similar personalities in a way. Yeah. Which I mean, I imagine would be really important in choosing your warder is mm-hmm. that your your goals align. It's kind of like a marriage. Like you yeah. want to have the same tolerance for specific things. That... And, they, and they both come from nobility. So they mm-hmm. also have that in common, which is interesting. Yeah. There's no shortage of cash between land and moraine, it yeah. seems like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Although... I wonder if Lan gives up his lands in Shinar after he becomes a warder. I don't know. Yeah, I I don't I don't know. Maybe we'll find out. Um, yeah. The other thing was, I was laughing about the name of the inn Morena staying at, the Gates of Heaven, because mm-hmm. last week it was the Blue Rose, now it's the Gates of Heaven, and. Do they, do they just not sound like brothels? Yes, they do. <laughs> the gates of heaven. The gates of heaven definitely sounds like a brothel. Yeah. Listen to some of these. Listen to some of these ends within the Wheel of Time. The Happy Throng. <laughs> the Tipsy Gelding. The mm-hmm. Wandering Woman. The Yearly Brawl. I love it. I love these in names. That's such a fun thing. I wonder how he came up with all of the names for the ends. Do you think he... maybe he had like a hat with like a bunch of like different <laughs> words and he would just pull them out and yeah. be like, oh yes, these two words. Yeah. In name. <laughs> Why not? Yeah. I love that. Um, one of the things that I noticed and was thinking about early in the chapter is the fact that when Moraine is meeting with that is it yeah Jereen about mm-hmm. like seeing if her son could be the dragon reborn and mm-hmm. getting there on the footsteps of finding out that the son the father and two two other sons as well were all killed in a barn fire and she says something like she doesn't understand how it happened or why it happened so fast the way that it did and i was immediately like black aja <laughs> And then we find out that there are Aes Sedai in this town. And Searching. I mean, we knew that before because Lance and, yeah. and uh, Can Loom. And he sees Aes Sedai. And we now know we should be suspe- like we should be suspicious of every Aes Sedai we see. So I was immediately like, oh. oh, shit. Someone's just going to these women and anyone that might be close. They're just like, kill them all. Yeah. Just just be done with it. Just. And I mean, if it was a red Aja also slash black Aja, of course you'd want to kill all the males in the family. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So I like that was one of the things that I was wondering, like maybe, maybe is this a black Aja thing? And I mean, when we find out that Marine's in town, we know she's black Aja. Right. Right. So what if it was her? Yeah. So And that oh that also makes me wonder because Marine is traveling with Laurel. Laurel. Mm-hmm. So it, it's almost, I don't know, like, 
I don't know if we should think both of them are or if it's just the one. I actually checked in on Laurel and she is not. Okay. But it does like kind of plant the seed because when I think I think this is actually in chapter 18 when Moraine comes back to the inn and I think she says something about how Laurel and Maureen, neither one of them have warders. Um, and maybe they're looking for warders there. And we both know that, like, Black Aja is hesitant to take on warders unless the warder is also a confirmed a dark, dark friend. friend. Yeah. Yeah. So it does definitely kind of point to the to the idea that both of them could be. But I, of course, have to know. Yeah, so check. <laughs> so I was like, dear Google, please tell me. Yeah, so she is she is not, but it definitely like kind of sets up for that possibly being the thing. Um, but then you have Katsuin in here. <laughs> yeah, you you I think you wrote just how much of a legend she is and how she shows up in the main series. Mm-hmm. And I pulled this quote again. It's hard not to just whole quotes out of this I know right but uh, Cad Swain says you will take great risks in your life if you live long enough you already take more than you know heed carefully what I say and do as I say I will check your bed tonight and if you are not in it I will find you and make you weep as you did for those mice you can dry (laughs) your tears afterwards on the shawl you believe makes you invincible it does not so something that's kind of funny though is that she says you'll dry your tears on the shawl you believe makes you invincible, but she's not wearing her shawl. She's not even wearing her ring. Uh-uh. <laughs> so I wanted to be like, Katsuane, what are you talking about? <laughs> but I just, I think it's really funny how Katsuane has no regard for etiquette, how she just speaks her mind and First off, talking, she brings up the fact that she might not live much longer. Because of her age. Yeah, and that's a total faux pas among Aes Sedai. It's something you don't speak of. And then on top of that, she talks about strength and the one power. And everyone Mm -hmm. is just like, what the fuck, woman? Like, it's just, it it makes everyone super uncomfortable. Super uncomfortable. I like how Moraine says she can see some of Swan and Cad Swain, but mm-hmm. I also was thinking what's funny is I see a lot of Nynaeve in Cad Swain with this mm. disregard to, you know, what's, what's you mm-hmm. know, how a, I said I should act. And that kind of just reminded me of Nynaeve after she takes her test for the shawl and... She goes straight to, I forget the name of the woman who had bonded, who Moraine put her bond with land. Myrell? Is it Myrell? Is it? N- no. Maybe? I don't I don't know. remember. I yeah, don't remember I don't the remember. name, but but how she shows up and she's like, listen here, you little hussy. I've got one <laughs> night before I'm an Aes Sedai and I will like pummel the shit out of you unless you release land. And I love how Nynaeve just, she has no regard for what is deemed proper Aes Sedai ways, and she mm-hmm. will do what she wants. And I think that's funny considering how much Nynaeve just can't stand Cad Swain in the majority mm-hmm. of their chapters together. But I think, too, um, 
the other interesting thing about Cad Swain showing up is that it's saying a lot of people thought she was dead, mm-hmm. but then she shows up before the IEL war, mm-hmm. or for it, I guess. And just that she's like a force of nature, someone to be reckoned with, totally formidable. Mm-hmm. And I think that um, she said Karine, Karine, Karine mm-hmm. would be the strongest after Cad Swain. Mm-hmm. And after she's gone, then there's a steep kind of drop off. Drop. Who, mm-hmm. Yeah, who the next strongest would be. Mm-hmm. And this also brings us back around to the women that are being taken out in the tower. And I'm just uh-huh. curious that I'm curious to I want to look up how strong some of the searchers were, because if. Tamra gave this to like her oldest, most trusted, some of the ones with like strong power and whatnot. Mm-hmm. I'm just wondering how how that all adds up. If if it's just purely taking out the women that knew about the prophecy, or if there is something more to it, just because we mm. we've talked about how the whole institution of the White Tower is kind of... It, they've got major problems. Yeah, flawed. They've got major <laughs> problems. So yeah, it's just well, ripe and, with, you know... Mm-hmm. And Corrine is one of... Corrine is one of the searchers. She's one of the searchers that yeah. then Swan tells Moraine has been killed. So now this, so, like, person... Who, who does have a similar strength to Cad Swain is gone, and now you ju- you have that steep drop between and mm-hmm. Swan and Marine aren't even at their full strength yet. Like they're right. still slowly building up to the strength that they will have. And I think she says that the other, like the other person that would be in line with them is as almost as old as Cad Swain is. So again, bringing up age and strength and kind of being like how long will they will she live right. as well so right. i i know that she says like one of the things that she says in the in the chapter is we dwindle and it yeah. really oh god the, the it's almost the like Black she's Aja speaking to there. moraine like we mm-hmm. me and you like we yeah. are in danger is what i got from it and oh, i almost yeah. i almost wonder why cad swain is there if she knows like does she possibly know that mm. there are black aja out and about ooh is, i don't know because in the main series i i feel like i remember her saying something about one of her greatest um like misfortunes was not being able to stamp out the black Aja. Mm. And I almost wonder if, you know, she's, she's onto something because how like random is it that she just pops up out of nowhere when we know that one of the women in the inn right now is black. So mm-hmm. mm. very curious, curious, very curious. Interesting. And too, what's funny is how Cad Swain is like telling Moraine, like, you need to stay safe. You need to be more careful. You're, you know, you're putting yourself in danger. Like, mm-hmm. how 
what have Cadswain felt when she knew that Swan had sent off like their star pupils, Elaine and Nynaeve and Egwene, to go black Aja <laughs> hunting before they were even raised? She would have had an aneurysm. No kidding. Sheesh. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just really enjoy Catswain. I I love the point of views that we get with her. Like, she, I'm in Path of Daggers right now, reading through this series. And I can't remember if it was in this one or in the book before, where she, like, arrives in one of the palaces and, like, sets up with her embroidery and whatnot. Yes! But she has... She has this little sewing box that has a reflective lid on it, and Mm -hmm. she sets it up so that even though her back is to the door, she can see who's coming in through the door so that when people walk in the room and she, She like, says their name, they get all startled, and she's like, sometimes being a legend has its advantages, you know? Like, people don't look (laughs) for the simple when you are legendary. Mm -hmm. And then she has that interaction with Sorlea from the Aiel on how to manage Rand between the two of them, and I feel as though... Katsuin in some ways I feel like she brings hope like she's Mm -hmm. very no nonsense she has an idea of what needs to happen from here and she's ready to make it happen and I really appreciate her as a character yeah yeah I almost feel like since you know she is so old that she's just seen it all and she doesn't have time for anyone's nonsense she Mm -mm. I think I honestly think that she, okay, this might be kind of like into conspiracy theory time, but I'm okay with that. I'm okay um, with that. Since she is so strong in the one power, I almost wonder if that's one of the reasons why she takes off and is kind of unseen for so long because people are like, oh, I thought you were dead. Like, that works to her advantage if she knows that there are people trying to take out strong channelers. So how perfect would it be just to be like, oh, yeah, like she goes and hides somewhere and does her own thing off with her pack of warders or whatever Mm -hmm. and just, you know, kind of lays low until maybe the she finds out that the Omerlin died i'm making air quotations like she died (laughs) in -hmm. her sleep but i just wonder if she's kind of hiding herself as well and then Mm -hmm. just popping back up when she knows that someone has to do something about this Mm -hmm. so I, i almost feel like she's not safe either she could be a target as well yeah and i mean elaine and nynaeve and Egwene all become a target for the black aja but it's it's usually referenced that it's because of their connection to Rand, in particular for Gwyn and Nynaeve, but maybe it does have something to do with how strong they all are in the power. Like, Lyandrin brings them to Falmay, where Gwyn gets collared, and how handy would it be for the Black Aja to have three of the strongest Chandlers to come to the tower in ages, now collared, and... Mm-hmm a domine for the Sean Chen, you know, mm-hmm. that. And it just, it makes me look at what happens in the White Tower so differently after seeing how pervasive the Black Aja is. And yes. I th- like your suggestion is that the Black Aja that's winnowing out people, even even as novices, as accepted, 
Like, are they kind of directing things so that the numbers of Aes Sedai are dwindling and Mm -hmm. they aren't as powerful? Because when the Dark One comes back and he brings back the Forsaken, they're all really powerful channelers. It'd be pretty handy if they were still the most powerful channelers. Mm -hmm. So it's just, I don't know, it's... And I feel like there's that push, like if that's the case, there's also that push from the pattern itself Mm. because that's why, maybe that's why we get Egwene and Elaine and Nynaeve and Avienda and all of these incredibly strong channelers Mm -hmm. showing up all around the same age, kind of. Mm -hmm. So I almost feel like the you know, like the pattern, it's like Jeff Goldblum, like life uh, finds a way, you know, like the pattern (laughs) uh, finds a way. (laughs) Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, and then they find the kin. Yeah. And I mean, if these are women who have all been put out from the tower and some of them are really strong some of them are really capable at specific That's what weaves. I don't understand. How did they get put out of the tower when they are some women that are so strong? But if the if there are Black Aja who are mistresses of novices, which we know has happened multiple times. They could just be like, no, that girl's a fuck up. She can't even light a candle and send yeah. her off on her way. Yep. So it just makes, and it makes you really thankful that the kin exists to kind of like catch those women that the tower is just kind of tossing out there. Because if it's Black Aja strings being pulled, then there's a path that's been made that allows women to still be able to channel and learn from each other that Mm -hmm. is outside of the tower. Yeah. Even though apparently the Amarillans know about it. Yeah, Which is and also it's interesting. incredible that all these women have kind of like been keeping themselves safe. Mm-hmm. Like, and I know that it's not that they know that they're preparing for Tarman Gaiden or whatever, but they were just perfectly set up to show up for Tarman Gaiden. So it's right. just kind of is there more to it? Is it just, you know, that's how the pattern goes? Or the wheel, the, the wheel weaves. As the wheel That's wheels. what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's too many W's. I know, right? Every time every time I try and say it, I'm like, the wheel, wheel. <laughs> Me yeah. too. Yeah. So I thought that was. And we did find out that they got caught for the mouse prank. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. Which, which was nice to get confirmed. I did mm-hmm. think it was pretty shitty of Maureen to be like, oh, and by the way, Pranksters and pillow friends, just so you know all of their dirty secrets. Dirty. Maybe not dirty. But, (laughs) like, their intimate secrets. The things that she shouldn't have been talking about. And I know it pisses Moraine off that that's the direction that that goes in. Mm -hmm. Um, But, yeah. And then, anything else on Chapter 17? Or should we jump into Chapter 18? Yeah. So... The only thing that I really found in chapter 18, maybe, I don't know. I'll have to kind of, like, flip through the chapter. Uh, Tesmal Emery is Black Aja. We know that she is because we've read the books. Um, and she's one of the, like, she's one of the Black Aja that leaves the tower with uh, Lyandrin later later with, on. Okay, the group that had taken the Tarangriol. 
Mm -hmm. or okay yes yeah she was part of that initial group and she is the sister who comes in and makes the announcement about mylan's death Mm -hmm. um from the wiki it does say that chesmal had been involved in the torture and murder of tamra and mylan she was yellow before she became black and she has like almost a talent with a capital T for stopping people's hearts, which is kind of creepy, but is she a cool. yellow? Is she a yellow? Okay, she was yeah. yellow. She was yellow before she became black. So I was wondering if the the person who came in and announced Tamra's death had been Black Aja, and so I went back and I looked it up, and it wasn't. But it is Rima Galfrey, who had also been a yellow sister. And she is one of the Aes Sedai captured at Falmay, and she is also the Aes Sedai that asked Egwene to remember her name after the Shanchen had renamed her to Pura. And she's a character that kind of comes back with the Shanchen name. Um, but I think that that's really interesting that here she is as an Aes Sedai, even if it is, like, just in that brief moment. But that's what made me say mm. that it doesn't necessarily confirm her as being Black Aja right. when Chesmal comes in. Well, if... Because... If, go ahead. If Rima, Rima Galfrey was also yellow, isn't it possible that Chesmal killed Tamara and then told... Um, and told her... And told Rima... Or... Chesmal told Rima, oh, we found her dead in her bed, and then Rima exactly. goes off to tell everyone. Yep, because she would she believe doesn't that know, it's true. Yeah, she, exactly. she doesn't know that it's not true. Yeah. So, which, I mean, yay, Robert Jordan, for putting mm-hmm. in all of these intricacies. It just makes it so much, it makes it so much fun. Um, and I do, I do, I do think that Rima is released from the Sean Chen towards the end of the series but i don't i didn't completely understand it in the wiki page but she's completely broken like the shan chen have absolutely ruined her which is truly unfortunate um and we said it earlier the whole not expecting the reunion of swan and moraine so soon Mm -hmm. uh, which is yeah i'm really excited to see where this goes from here we'll we'll Moraine have met and bonded land by the time they get to Chachin. Will she meet him? Because they're basically going to be on the road at pretty right. much the same time. Right. And I actually found out something when I was looking up this chapter on um, on Google. Mm-hmm. <laughs> my my favorite place for all things research related. The man who's leaving the inn is Ryan. Because they said he had he has bells in his hair. Yep. And yeah. he's leaving the inn. We know there's a black sister in there, and we have our wonders about Ryan. See, yes. What? What if? What if he is trying to set up land to be killed? Right. Right. So I, because it doesn't say in the in the book at that point who the man is coming out, but it does mention the bells. the braids with the bells and him leaving the inn. And Moraine is, like, on high alert, Black Aja and Dark mm-hmm. Friends. Maybe that's exactly what she just saw. And so I was like, dang, Ooh. the Black Aja's everywhere. And Dark Friends, like too. That's almost, that's almost like the, um, I don't know, for people that like 
Song of Ice and Fire, how everyone's a secret mm. Targaryen, like, oh, they're a secret Targaryen. That one's probably a secret Targaryen. That's like how <laughs> it is here with dark friends. And it really Black is. Aja. <laughs> it's wild. Yeah. So I thought that uh, that was something that I had wanted to kind of point out. But I really don't have a lot else for chapter 18. Do you? The only thing that I was going to say is something that I thought was, I mean, kind of amusing was that. Moraine goes from thinking Cadswain is probably the scariest person possible to be face to face with. And then literally mm-hmm. two seconds afterwards, any thought of Cadswain being intimidating is just dropped because she realizes the Black Aja is a thing. So yep. she just like walks off, like not even worried about Cadswain anymore. And yep. I think that is a a pretty good way to gauge how shook up she is mm-hmm. having this absolute formidable legend Cad Swain showing up and then being like yeah nah I'm gonna go I don't even care if I'm yep. caught by her like the consequences be damned I'm out well and she did actually hold to what Cad Swain told her was that if she didn't find her in her bed in the morning and I know she's given directions for Moraine to be traveling with Laurel, Lyrell, Laurel, and Marine, but the direct thing that came from Cad Swain in that one is like, "Stay you in, will your be in your bed." And she's like, "Did it?" And now I'm leaving. <laughs> so she kind of like, like you said, Moraine, the, the escape artist. She yeah. Just, she sticks to like just the the most basic part of the thing that she wants to listen to, and then off she goes. Because she very easily could have made the decision to leave with Moraine or with Swan that night. She didn't have to hold to that, but she chooses to. Or did you know she what? say that she would? Go ahead, sorry. No, this just I was just thinking about this, but we were saying how, like, it's – very like it's a coincidence that Cad Swain shows up when she does. Mm-hmm. I almost wonder if Tamara contacted her because well, go ahead. Because if like knowing how old Cad Swain is and that she is just this legend, mm-hmm. wouldn't you want her mm-hmm. on your side for this giant thing that's about to take place? This hunt, the search. Mm-hmm. And we still don't know what Tamara, if Tamara knew about the Black Aja as well. Mm-hmm. So there's all these unanswered questions, but I really feel like we are left to wonder about Cad Swain. I doubt that we will ever get any, you know, black and white answers, but it's really fun to hypothesize. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think Maureen actually wonders that same thing. Where she's like, could Tamara have sent Cad Swain a message? Yeah. So who knows? I would love to get into, because I, I would love to get into Swan's head about what she's learned with her time with the eyes and ears. But mm-hmm. I don't know if we'll get that. Probably not. <laughs> Probably yeah. not. I mean, at this point, I feel as though there is a very direct course and it's all forward. So I don't really feel like that part is going to come out too much. But it does really help that those those were experiences that she had, especially as it came in so handy for her 
later on after she'd been stilled in particular. So, yeah. Um, it'd be fun if we got it, but I don't see it actually happening. It's too bad. Too bad. Too bad. Um, I think that's all I have. That's all I got. I want to jump into these messages. Yeah. Who should we do first? Let's do cons. Cool. Hi, everyone. This is Koan Adred, I said I of the Yellow Aja in the Wheel of Time community, Weaves of the Wheel. I do have a question about the Netflix position. It is more like uh, I want an opinion. I don't think the Netflix thing was uh, really a thing. I, the way I see it, it was more like a prank from the Dark One. Like, um, I'm going to create this competition so my children will turn against each other and strive to achieve my goals and set the world on fire. Once I'm free, I win and they're gone. Um, I have this theory because I have the impression that only Shamael really got what the Dark One wanted to do, which was to break the will and end all sorts of realities and existence. Uh, so what do you guys think about this? You like that? <laughs> I do. What was the name that he said at the beginning? Uh, Khan Anodred is his name for Weaves of the Wheel. Okay. I don't know if I caught the question. What's the question? It wasn't so much of a question as just kind of like it, how he, how we think if we like his theory, basically. Okay. And I, I think it's, I think it's a really uh, good idea because I initially had wondered, you know, with this whole nameless position, because it just creates almost more problems than what it's worth. And it does. I think that he's on to something because the dark mm-hmm. one doesn't give a shit about any of these people. He's not really mm-hmm. gonna put. I don't think he's gonna put any of them in positions of real power after everything is said and done Mm -hmm. i feel like if the dark one wins there's really nothing left Mm -hmm. but yeah i think i think that's a it's a definite possibility well and we see throughout the series as the forsaken do their plotting it's not like them to work together because they all want to be nameless Yeah. And so it definitely, it's like telling your kids that only one of them. Hi. Can I will be done shortly. (laughs) Did you hear him? I heard him whisper. Please be done. (laughs) (laughs) What a kid. Um, But it's like having a bunch of children and telling them only one of them gets this thing and in order to get that thing they have to like fight everyone else yeah yeah and so it really only one of you will have my love the only one left standing (laughs) now fight (laughs) now fight get to it here are some pointy objects yeah i think that that has merit i think that that's a good suggestion and two they're also all of all of the, well, not all, but the majority of all of the, um, the chosen, the chosen, the forsaken mm-hmm. are, they're kind of stoogy. Like they just, they almost have like a slapstick comedy thing going on because mm-hmm. it's just, 
they're just internally fighting and so petty and petulant and Mm -hmm. I almost feel like yeah they are like children all you would have Mm -hmm. to do is just kind of like lead them by the nose in one direction and they'll Mm -hmm. do what you want to an extent but Mm -hmm. they're stepping all over each other trying to get there and it's just so ridiculous it's so ridiculous I I feel as though the only forsaken that uh-oh, you froze. Doesn't seem to have a sure. lot of... Oh, there's a poor network connection. I, I lost you right as you were getting to your... <laughs> <laughs> what you were saying. Point. What was my point? I got all distracted. Um... Oh, Ishmael. So, I feel as though he is the only one who kind of sort of has his shit together Mm. and doesn't have the same kind of hang-ups or trip-ups that the other Forsaken have. So you've got Lanfear, who's in love with Luz Theron slash Rand, and that does not bode well for anyone, including herself. Mm -hmm. And almost all of the... Samael has his obsession with being better than Luce Theron. Mm-hmm. Like, they all have these things that kind of inhibit them from being fully powerful. Yeah. Ishamael, to me, almost feels as though he's like, I already am all-powerful, and I'm basically the Dark One's presence in the, wor- on yeah. the, in the world. Mm-hmm. So I feel as though he's the only one that stays apart from it and almost yeah. above it. Yeah. Just, and, just my personal opinion. And Lanfear, I would say. Just because she has her That's own true. agenda. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they all do, and we do see them attempting to kind of sort mm. of work together, but while they're doing that, they're also still trying to figure out how they can screw the other person out of anything good. So, yeah, I think... Thank you, Khan. Yeah, thanks, Con. <laughs> we love you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you are a sunny, bright presence on Discord every time I check in. So thank you for that. Um, and then our other one came from Shelby. Shelby. Yeah. And you had said she had messaged you on Instagram or she had tagged us on Instagram. What was it that you had mentioned? Because we oh, have a recorded oh, message oh. from her on Anchor as well. I'm pretty sure this is her because her name is also Shelby. And she tagged us in a photo and she was just basically like, I'm quilting and listening to this podcast. (laughs) So thanks for the shout out, Shelby, if that was you. (laughs) And then the, will you play, um, do we want to play just the last part? Well, that's, I think it was like the last two. I do not under let me grab I'm just gonna grab it from my phone. Yeah, yeah, that's perfect. All right, so we have there's actually about there are six <laughs> there are six here. I think the um, last two or three. Yeah, because I think I think the first part of it she was asking for clarification on who was mistress of novices and when. And then the second part was a theory that she had on Moraine and Swan and Elida. Elida. How do you say her name? 
Um, do you want to do all of it or do you just want to pick part of it? Because honestly, I feel like we could do an entire episode around yeah. Mistress of Novices. Yeah, I agree. I would just... And maybe we should. Yeah, we could. Definitely. <laughs> um, let's do her theories at the end because I feel like that's something we can just jump into and talk about and the other part we might have to do a little a little digging into yeah yeah but Shelby don't worry we're gonna come up with an answer for you yeah we may do an entire episode on this (laughs) because of your question because it is really confusing like all the mistresses of novices that come through and the fact that so many of them are black Aja on top of it like what the what so is it part what the what what? is it part four and part five possibly let's let's take a listen to the tower and she doesn't want to be friends with Elida and she no I think it starts on part three okay okay so next I want to talk about Elida and why she's so interested in Moraine and Swan um this is just my opinion so she came to the tower as a like she was totally hot shit she was a noble born like even though it's from a minor house and um at that time she was probably like the most noblest woman that the tower had had as a novice in like a really long time and plus she was like breaking all these records like how fast she moved from being a novice to accept it and then being raised to the shawl and then she's also super powerful at channeling and she has foretelling so she's just like thinks she's way cooler than everyone else and so she hears about maureen coming to the tower and like she secretly hopes like they're gonna be friends and by being friends with Moraine, who's like the niece of the king, her status is gonna get raised even a little bit more. Um, okay, so then part four. So then Moraine gets to the tower and she doesn't want to be friends with Elida, and she instead becomes best friends with this fisherman's daughter from Tyr. Um, who swears all the time, and definitely, I think Elida felt a little jealous and, like, put off by that, and then she's kind of, like, whatever, moves on with her life, like, she's got uh, better things to do than worry about these two novices, but then uh, little Moraine and little Swan start breaking all her records and being the newest best at going through the ranks and becoming accepted, and Elida's just feeling like, damn, that was my thing, you know, uh, maybe she's feeling a little bit left out, I think um, Elida was telling the truth. Well, she was telling the truth because of the oath rod. But when she said that she wants them to pass the test, um, I think she was kind of feeling like, okay, well, if you're going to be better than me, then you you better, like, actually be better than me. Um, so don't fail. Oh, and then the next one. Oh, no, wait. There are two more. Okay. <laughs> Um, but then, unfortunately, um, another accepted snitched on Elida for helping them, and so she gets a penance, and then she's like, God, these these little bitches just won't let me help them. They just are determined to hate me, and that's how Elida views it, I think. Um, so then they put the mice in her bed, which was just really dumb. Um, the last question, sort of, I have my own theory, but is how did Elida get to be Morghese's advisor? Like, did, did Andor always have an advisor to their queen? Or was Elida the first one? Like, when she had that foretelling, did she just show up and, and say, now I'm going to be your advisor? And Morghese just said, yeah, okay. Oh, that's a good question. 
Okay. So I I think there's one. Let's just see if there's a part six. Uh, because more gays just doesn't really seem like from what I know of her from the rest of the books like the kind of woman that needs or wants an advisor um so it's just curious um maybe I'm thinking maybe she since she has like a little trickle of the power maybe she knew that her daughter heir would have the be able to channel and so she's like knows that one day her daughter will be the queen maybe she's accepting this Aes Sedai advisor to like warm the country up a little bit mm. to having an Aes Sedai as their queen like maybe she's playing the game of houses like the long game a little bit setting a lane up to um like be accepted by the country I don't know that's that's kind of my theory um let me know what you guys think first Sweet. off those are all great I'm dying <laughs> <laughs> it referring mm-hmm. to Elida's thinking she's hot shit. Hot shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when I but, heard that the first time, I was like, yes. Yeah. Shelby, thank you. That was awesome. And I, I totally I totally get that feeling from Elida as well. Mm-hmm. Just that she's, you know, she's got a chip on her shoulder. And like you said, maybe it really did come from a place of wanting, you know, a friendship or something. And kind of going back and forth between are these girls going to accept me? Are we going to have something in common? Is you know, mm-hmm. is there something that we can bond over and then just getting completely shut down? <laughs> yes. And for Fisherman's daughter. Yeah, that's such a great point. Yeah. Leda would have that would have driven her absolutely crazy. Yeah. Would have driven her crazy. Yeah. And I could totally see why she would I, I thought that was brilliant. I'd never yeah. thought of that before, like yeah. the, that connection. Um, <clears throat> and then what was the other thing that she had asked? The more gays and Elida mm-hmm. situation. So, I've been kind of wondering, like, wasn't Katara advisor to the Andoran queen beforehand? Because it's mentioned in the series that several nobles or noble houses have Advisors. Or even monarchs have Aes Sedai advisors. Mayin always has an Aes Sedai advisor. Um, Tyr doesn't, of course, because they hate anything that has to do with the one power. Um, I believe Andor traditionally did have. I think so as well. Because it seems as though it's been like a centuries-long practice for the daughter heir to mm-hmm. go to the tower to be trained at the tower and for the first prince right, to go in right. and train with the warders. Yeah, so because... So it seems as though they have, like, this really long-term relationship with each other. Yeah, because that was something... I mean, that was why Elaine was sent in the first place, just because it is tradition, and that's the same reason more gays was sent. Mm-hmm. And then... It's the tradition and the, the shared... Yeah. Um, but... Stuff. The shared stuff. But, yeah, that's really... Um, that also makes me wonder, you know, even if Morgaze wasn't trying to set up some long game where she was trying to warm the nation up to having an Aes Sedai stated, um, you know, seated on the throne, mm-hmm. then it's possible that she was just, um, I don't know, maybe like hoping possibly that she okay so so Morgaze has a little bit of a talent she can do a little bit but not much and 
Yeah, and it's possible that they already knew, because Elida's there, they would have already it's known that Elaine has great potential, so they would have sent her off. So even if she's not trying to play a long game and warming up the nation, she would want Elaine to be as well-trained as possible because, mm-hmm. I mean, the only thing that could be worse is her being mm-hmm. kicked from the tower like more gays had been. And I know for more gays, like, it's one of her biggest, like, shames, kind of, mm-hmm. that she was sent home, that she did have potential, but she she wasn't strong enough. And I think that's kind of, you know, a tragic thing for her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she has a she has a lot of pride in Elaine for how fast she makes it from novice to accepted. And it's almost this, especially as the series goes on and Morghese has that break with yes. the, the tower. She still feels pride in what Elaine is able to accomplish. And isn't, doesn't Elida... Isn't she part of the group that takes Elaine to the tower? Like, I feel like she left Camelin at that time and traveled with Elaine and almost behaved in a way. And this is totally in line with what we know of Elida. Right. Oh, Kind of presented yeah. Elaine with, like, this trophy. Like, look what I have brought to the tower kind of thing. Because she's so strong. So I feel as though... Like she didn't get well, what could, she wanted with Moraine. Yeah, but being maybe attached to Andor, I could definitely sort of see that with Elida, and that would totally make to sense with her feeling kind of slighted by mm-hmm. Moraine. And she's just kind of like, well, whatever. I'm going back to my high seat, advising the Queen of Andor. Mm-hmm. So na 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 na, you know. <laughs> Well, and then Elaine follows a really similar path where I don't know if any of the other novices are nobly born when she arrives, but the friends that she makes are Gwyn and Nynaeve, who are both from a small village and barely knew that they were subjects of Andor at all. Well, that would make sense. So maybe, I don't know. Maybe um, nobility actually don't know this, but they do like hanging out with commoners. Listening in on people cussing. She wants to. She wants to know what it's like to live outside of this bubble. Right. And we see that when she's, you know, joining the circus with Nynaeve. She's just, mm-hmm. yeah. Because who was it? I can't remember. I don't remember which character <laughs> it was. But as soon as they find out what she's wearing and what she's doing, they were, like, mortified. Like, like oh, my God, you're, you're wearing this. You're doing this. You're, like... Who was it? Do you remember? Yeah. Well, Nynaeve's <laughs> not thrilled about it. I think it might have been Uno. I think he, like, I think when he found out that it was Elaine, because I remember him <laughs> being in the crowd when Elaine does the first time in front of a crowd, yeah. and Uno's comment is something like, bravery like a flaming queen or something and Nynaeve hears him and looks over and recognizes him and that's how that whole like fiasco gets started um but I think when he I think it might have been him when he found out that like the daughter heir of Andor is running around wearing spangled breeches a leotard (laughs) 
<laughs> like, dang. Oh, that part was so good. I know. I I know some people don't necessarily like that part, but I, I love loved it. it. I thought it was hysterical. Yeah, me too. It was some of the funniest um, chapters. And then when Uno shows up, it just gets that much even better. better. Him trying to count out like how many times he can curse right? per sentence. <laughs> like you can see him counting. Oh my god, I love Uno. Well, he's. I thought that whole them having to hide in menagerie was really fun. And that Elaine is like, oh, I'm a tightrope walker. Naturally. Yeah. But then, of course, she can't. She she likes, she kind of likes slumming it. You know what I mean? She does. She's been held to such high regards her entire life. She wants to know what, like, what it's like to live as a common person. Oh, she learns in her own way. Like, all of the things that they have to go through. Like, I had yeah. sometimes I'm really impressed with Elaine for not being like, do you not do you not know who I am? You know, yeah. she's totally willing to just be who she is in the moment, if that makes sense. Yeah, she she's she really just huh, her whole personality is she acts like she's untouchable that, you know, from pretty much the beginning to the from the black Aja hunt all the way to the end and going on these wackadoo (laughs) black Aja hunts alone where you're just like girl you're gonna get yourself killed and then throw in all the baths (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah but I get it but I just yeah I just think that she's kind of I don't know she's just she's trying to find She's trying to find something that she hasn't had in her mm-hmm. life. And when someone has pretty much had everything that they've ever needed handed to them, mm-hmm. what's left to find mm-hmm. in a world? So, yeah, of course, you're going to go out and do crazy things. And it does. It always shocks me that she makes that choice to go off to Ibu Dar for the bowl of the winds instead of going back to Camelin and sitting on the throne because that's what she's like she leans on that so hard as her as her character that that is her number one duty it's the things that everything she learns everything that goes into who she is is directed towards and then she finds out that her country is in need of a ruler and she's like nah i'm gonna go get this magical bowl and it'll it'll be fine It'll be. I saw it in a dream. Everything will be fine. That that just shocks me. I'm always surprised. She, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I think that was just one part. The whole Abu Dar plot. It. I mean, it's it's very long and it's challenging to get through, especially when you're rooting for. Elaine to get back home right? and take the throne. Because the longer she's gone, the more unrest is unraveling in her country. And there are people who are like, I'm backing this person for the throne and I'm backing that person for the throne. And Dylan, like she's mm-hmm. one of the main people that they keep kind of like trying to push towards taking the lion throne. And she's like, no, 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 I want Elaine there. That's that's who I want. So you guys can try backing me, but I don't really want it. I want Elaine there, and Elaine is like, da 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 da, Ibudar. Yeah, it's kind of yeah, it's kind of a. Couldn't she have at least sent a message to someone? 
hey guys. Yeah. Heard the lion throne needs to be taken. I got stuff to do. If someone be there. if someone wants to act yeah. as my regent until I get back, that'd be cool. Like a, a simple letter and all of the shit that she has to go through later on just wouldn't have even happened. Okay. I guess I don't like yeah. that plot line very much. <laughs> and I just found out about it. I mean, it. there's certain there's certain there's so many parts that I love. Mm-hmm. Like obviously like the introduction of the golem mm-hmm. and um I I especially loved their um whole Going through, what is the, hold on, I have to remember what the quarter of. Is it the Rahad or the Rohad? The Rahad. The Rahad, yeah. The whole, yeah, I, I definitely loved all of the imagery in the Rahad, mm-hmm. like feeling all of this danger. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was a really cool part. But at the same time, I wanted Matt just to get out of there and I wanted the girls to get out of there mm-hmm. and it just takes so long and then Matt gets <laughs> stuck up in the same carnival mm-hmm. as they were previously and I'm like oh god now we're back to this again <laughs> <laughs> I mean there's definitely parts that were extremely pleasant to read mm-hmm. but if you are wanting them to get back then yeah it can make things a little like frustrating I feel like I'm entering into what I consider my personal area of the slog in reading the books like I started listening to Rob's uh Melchior talks with Andrew the Bard where they're talking Mm, about the slog I started listening to that and then I started looking it up online and I realized that for me it starts about book eight like I'm like oh god Rand's like in Rand land, feeling crazy in his head, wondering about everyone, <laughs> wondering about his sanity. Don't blame him. But there's just so much. And then you add in the Sean Chen and you start adding in Sean Chen POVs. And I'm like, oh my God, my brain was already breaking as it was. Why am I getting Sean Chen POVs? I don't want these. I don't care about them. Well, it's, I just want them gone. The- that's what's so incredible, though, about the series is that just when you think that you couldn't, <laughs> that you couldn't insert any more data into your brain, like you're trying to keep everything straight and then you just get a bunch of new characters dumped on you and then yep. you're like, whoa, here we go. Yep. So for these people that have read the series, like Andrew, like 49, 49 times. times, like I feel My like I exploded. forget everything. Me too. I, feel like I forget so much stuff, but I think that's what's so interesting about the series mm-hmm. is because you can talk to 20 different people and each of them will have moments that they love and moments that stick out in their memory yep. where the other person will be like, I totally forgot about that, but let me tell you about this. And then yep. the next person will be like, oh my God, I forgot all about that. Well, like, so Rob hadn't caught that uh, Dashiva was the reincarnation of who was it is it, is it Agenor it is because we were talking about Agenor and his creations during our shadow spawn episode and like he hadn't caught that Deshiva had been Agenor who's now reincarnated as Asengar Arangar Awesome. Yeah. It's one of these. It's that sounds, one of the two. Like, I keep Hel- getting that mixed up same. with like, something from Lord of the Rings. <laughs> <laughs> well, Helena is one and then Deshiva is the other. Um, but I mean, I'm sure I don't remember how many times Rob said he's read the series. I know I 
still, like I still read it and I still have moments where I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, I totally forgot about that. I also have a real shitty memory. So, (laughs) (laughs) so do I. I know, right? I'm like, wait, what did I just read five pages ago? That's why I have to take notes every time we read something. It's like, I'm like, I'm going to forget this in like 20 minutes. Same. Just write this all down. Um, Speaking of writing things down. Yeah. I think we should read what we wrote down and wrap it up. I love it. Let's do it. We're at two, we're at the two hour mark. We are. And I feel bad for you editing. It's, so it's okay. Long. I'm finding I'm finding my rhythm now that I've been feeling better. Okay. Yeah. Yay. Yeah. Good. Yeah. So we're good. So thanks everyone for joining us on this stretch of the road to Tarvalin. We will continue to release a new episode every Wednesday and hope that you'll continue to join us. We would love if you would subscribe to our podcast, leave us a review, and share with your friends in the Wheel of Time community. Let us know what you thought of our content, correct us, send us things we may have missed to our email, roadtotarvalin at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at roadtotarvalin or Mistress Laris, which is my account. Amber manages both of our Road to Tarvalin Instagram and Twitter, and you do a beautiful job. Thank you so much. Thank you. I, I really appreciate <laughs> your activity on our Instagram, our Twitter, and our Discord. I... Mwah, you're brilliant. I love you. Um, I haven't gotten sick of it yet. And so. I, I'm so grateful for that because I like, I get kind of, I don't know, I have anxiety. And then I'm like, what do I say? I'm going to say something stupid. Okay, I'm only going to do this for five minutes. And I'm going to walk away from it. That's going to be it. I think that's the thing. I just assume everything I say is going to be stupid, so I don't care. <laughs> well, it comes across as brilliant and witty, and I love it. I I love when I get to catch up on what people thank have been you, talking thank about. You. You're welcome. Um, let's see here. Yes, and if you have the Anchor app, you can leave us a voice message like Shelby and Con did, and we can use it in up, upcoming episodes as long as you're okay with it. If you don't want to leave a voice message and you want to contribute, you can always send us something on Instagram, Twitter, or join us on Discord where we can actively have conversations with you. Uh, I believe the best way to find the Discord channel is on Amber's Twitter page. Yeah, and again, um, just shoot us a message on anything, and we can just send you a link as well. Mm-hmm. So there's a easy peasy. There's a whole channel just for food. So if you happen to like food, yeah, that's our that's our most active. It really is. channel on Discord. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to lie. It's really fun. I'm so thankful that so we have it. So if you don't like food, for one, why? <laughs> and two, maybe it's not the right fit for you. But if you do love food. It totally is. And we have several other channels. There are spoiler-free ones and spoiler content ones and content creator ones. And it's been beautifully set up. And it's been really fun to check in on what's happening there. Creator's Castle. Here, here. 2020. At our Creator's Castle. 2025. You think five years from now, Creator's Castle? We'll have a Creator's Castle. (laughs) So until next week. Thanks for joining us. Safe travels. And and walk walk in the light. light. Bye. Bye. Good wrap up.